0: This is the This Is Gonna Hurt Podcast with Jay Gordon Duncan. Hello friends and welcome to another episode of the This Is Gonna Hurt Podcast with Jay Gordon Duncan. If you're wondering why the J, the answer is, I'm not a bagpipe player. If that joke doesn't make any sense to you, I encourage you to check out episode 0 where I explain that joke as well as the purpose of the This Is Gonna Hurt Podcast where we talk about faith, family, fitness, finances, and sometimes fun. Well, friends, thanks so much. I appreciate all of you tuning in. Last week, we talked about the self-reliant nature of being an entrepreneur, and for a little fun, I was actually able to reach out to the author of that book, and we've connected. So it'd be great, hoping they will appear on this podcast or maybe a future Capitalize Your Best podcast. But again, thank you, everyone who listened to that. And also, for the growing audience for my new podcast with Emma called You're Entitled to Your Opinion fun story about that real quick. Um, If you listen to that episode, Emma and I broke down uh, the 10 Quentin Quentin Tarantino movies from 10 to 1. And we did that because we had listened to a very similar episode on the Talk is Jericho podcast. If you don't know who that is, uh, Chris Jericho is a wrestler. He's the lead singer of a band called Fozzie. And interestingly enough, written three or four New York Times bestsellers. And so when I posted that episode, I tagged him in a tweet, and he retweeted it out. So we got some great exposure. So those first three episodes of the You're Entitled to Your Opinion uh, podcast are out, so please check that out. Em and I will be posting another episode on Tuesday. Uh, No spoilers yet, but we're going to catch up on some things that we've been trying to finish, some things that we've started. Um, I've got a book and a movie that I finished and we've got a TV series to talk about. It won't be a deep dive, but that's coming out as well. So for today, yeah, forgive me, I'm recording in my car. I originally hoped to get home and record it, but I'm stuck on I-95 traffic. So for everybody who listens on the East Coast, um, I-95 traffic is just synonymous. I-95 equals traffic. And we're doing so well. We're getting close to getting home. And now we are just sitting here. Same thing happened to me and Amy we were going to go see Harry Connick Jr. uh, this week, this past week, which is a phenomenal concert, and the 47 miles took two hours. But that is the nature of I-95. You can just never count on it going smoothly. You just always got to make a little extra time. So that's what we're doing here. We're going a whopping 18 miles per hour as uh, as we are heading down to try to get home. Now, get home from where? Uh, this past weekend, uh, Amy and I did a quick trip down to North Carolina and back because all of my siblings were getting together. I'm the youngest of five, and they're all saying we haven't gotten together since 2012. I just feel like we have, but I could be wrong. I know I've seen each one of them individually, but they were all saying that the five of us have not been together in nine years. So i are going to talk a little bit about family reunions. This episode is going to focus on family Uh, Family reunions are something that some families have woven into the dynamics of who they are. And then others, it's just not something that's very common at all. Uh, As Amy and I were getting ready to head out of town on Saturday, there's a young kid in the neighborhood. He rolls up on the scooter and he loves to just ask us all the time, like, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And so hey, I'm heading to North Carolina for a family reunion. And he said, why? Did someone die? And uh, I laughed. I was like, no, no one died. Uh, but I don't know for him if he means that he only goes to family reunions when someone dies. I don't know. Uh, but our family no longer gets together a whole lot because someone died. Uh, for my parents, we used to get together with them all the time. Uh, we would get together on the, with them on Christmas morning, and that was just standing. Uh, we'd go to Amy's family Christmas Eve, brunch, Christmas morning to go with presents at my parents' house. And then we flip-flopped on Thanksgiving. Uh, So because of that, we all got together regularly uh, at Christmas. And as I grew up, there was a standing family reunion on July 4th, where 50 or so people would get together, and that's when you saw your cousins and and the aunts and uncles. And that gradually faded as we all grew up. Uh, But for me, on my side of the family, the standing we all get together has really fallen apart. Uh, we still try to toggle back and forth between uh, families on Thanksgiving, but nobody met for the last 15 months. For the most part, we didn't have a uh, a traditional Thanksgiving because of COVID. So all of a sudden it became a big deal. Like, Hey, here's a chance. Now my family, uh, there's five siblings uh, across three States. Uh, Amy's is more than that. She's got four States and two countries. Uh, but because of the distance, we just don't always get together uh, that often, obviously by what I mentioned earlier. So it was a big deal. Uh, we were all going to be on the East Coast at one time, and we said, "Hey, let's get together and let's have a dinner." Um, so we did. We we arrived at my sister's house yesterday, and it was really fun. It, it didn't take us long. There was the initial, "Hey, how are you?" kind of give some hugs, and we didn't bring all the spouses and all the kids. Uh, You know, there were a few of us there, but it it wasn't like a a giant get-together. But it didn't take long for us to be at the dinner table and laughing and telling stories about when we were kids, and uh, everybody sort of got an opportunity to talk about what's going on in their life, and and it was good to know what's going on, and it was humorous. Um, But there was an additional part of the evening that was really rich, and later on in the evening, we had moved into my sister's living room. And again, we're telling stories and they usually start with my parents. But my older brother, uh, he's 10 years older than I am, so he left for the Air Force. So when he left for the Air Force, uh, everybody at home was 17, 15, 13, and nine. So we had a lot of childhood left uh, once he went to the Air Force. So he told us a couple of funny stories about joining the Air Force uh, that I had never heard. I don't think any of us had heard those stories. But when we were sharing things about what happened to us when we grew up, he didn't know them. And I'm stunned. I mean, uh, at our age, you just think every one of those stories has been told. And he just wasn't familiar with it. And so we got to do a couple of those. And then there was an opportunity um, – you know, so a family friend was there and they asked me like, hey, Gordon, tell me about what life is like for you and naming the girls now that you're out of ministry. So I appreciated that. And we talked about capitalized marketing and the various things we're doing. But then it dove back into life as a preacher's kid. And so we told some funny stories and we told some really hard stories where we just kind of had to uh, just kind of say, man, I'm really sorry that happened uh, it was a moment of depth and intimacy that I really appreciated, and so, and you know, the, the the takeaway for me was yes, it was great to see all my siblings, um, but we moved beyond telling the same stories we did we always do over and over again, Which don't get me wrong, we did that, but there was a moment, there were moments of exchange where we really got to hear uh, what was going on with each other. And then we also uh, just got to comfort each other a little bit for maybe some difficult things when we were kids. Um, and and I, I took a moment to reflect and I did this with Amy because her siblings are probably four or five years away from getting together. That as we get older, it just becomes more and more difficult. Uh, there's never anything personal. It's just more and more difficult uh, as you get older and you've got a spouse, you've got kids. You know, my brother David has grandchildren, and you've got to factor all that in. And so there's a part of me that that misses that. Part of me enjoys that' like, okay, we get together regular, I mean like irregular enough so that when we do, it's like fresh. Um, and so I think that's what I prefer, but we have family friends who I mean, they're always getting together with extended family, but like a couple of times a year. So part of me is like, you know what? I wish my kids knew their aunts and uncles more. I wish their cousins were close to them. But that's just not as much the case for us. Now, growing up, my cousins were incredibly close to me. I had one cousin that was right at my age, right in there between my older brother David and I, and we just spent the summers together. I spent the night at his house, spent the night at my house, and just one of my absolute best friends. But that's not going to be the case for my daughters, um, because just in planting churches and moving, uh, we, just, we just weren't set anywhere long enough for those things to kind of be established. But we've got friends, and when they go on vacation, they go on vacation with their extended family. They get together two or three times a year. Part of me looks at that and thinks, that would be wonderful. Uh, but another part recognizes that the design of our lives have given me and Amy a chance to spend a lot of time with our daughters. That our vacations are, uh, for the most part, have been the five of us. And uh, the girls are excited to spend that time with us. And like I, we did that road trip and across the country. I mean, they were excited to spend that time with us. So family reunions for us are just not that common. Um, not what the young man said, not based on funerals. It's really just kind of convenience. So in, in thinking about you guys, I thought, well, what is it that I'd want to share? Because I'm by no means a family reunion expert, nor do I have massive amounts of advice to give on that, because I just don't do it a lot. Um, But I will say that my encouragement to everyone is, uh, no matter what the relationships are with your siblings, uh, the opportunities for connectivity today are immense. we all know that we can text, we can message uh, we can FaceTime, uh, the The opportunities to, to have connectivity are immense. And for me, I've got a pattern where I keep up with my siblings on a, a pretty regular basis. Uh, most every week, I speak to every one of my siblings. Uh, and I don't do it out of obligation. I do it because I love them and I want to keep up with them. Uh, but I think in light of what we went through in the last year and a half with COVID, uh, the separation that we all experienced, the difficulty of health that people are walking through and and could very well continue to walk through i think it's a time for reconciliation i think it's a time to create new patterns Uh, i think it's a time for us to say you know what we don't talk much but i'm going to be the one to initiate uh, because i want a deeper relationship with my my siblings Um, and guys listen i also don't mean to you know, whitewash the difficulty that some folks have. Some relationships are difficult and painful, and space is needed, and uh, it's not something you can just roll back into. But my encouragement is, if you've lost connectivity, just because you've lost connectivity, and there's not, uh, they're not giant barriers to relationship, reestablish that connection. Reestablish it by texting, uh, setting up a, a, a weekly or even monthly Facetime. Um, you know, during. The uh, during the lockdown, during the, well, not, it was post-lockdown, but it was in 2020 when we were still wrestling with the difficulty of COVID. My, my family would get together for a Zoom call, something we've never done. And Zoom calls for me on families and Skype calls are just incredibly awkward. After a while, you're just kind of staring at a screen and they don't always come together. But for us, it was a good chance to kind of reestablish uh, connectivity with one another. And I think it went a long way. Um, I know that some mended relationships have happened in my family, and I think they probably started there. Uh, So for all of you friends, if you're not having to overcome uh, these massive barriers, uh, I think those things are worth tackling at some point in time. But if they're not there, then just remove whatever the obstacle is and just remind your siblings that you love them. And if you're not uh, having an opportunity to be in, in, in conversation with your parents, maybe now's the time to do that. Uh, because we're in a pretty unique time of sickness, and a lot of people are getting sick and even passing, and uh, this time is short. So I appreciate you guys letting me share sort of this overview of my get-together with my family. Uh, there are a lot of funny stories, some that I wish you knew and some I couldn't tell. Uh, but for all of us, I think if it's an opportunity right now that if we are separated a little bit, maybe now's the time to make that connectivity, uh, to find our relationships restored, create some new intimacy with our family, because we just don't have that much time. Uh Well, friends, thanks for listening. I want you to tune in tomorrow. Tomorrow is Tuesday. And uh, for the episode of You're Entitled to Your Opinion with Emma and the Capitalize Your Best podcast is relaunching soon. I look forward to hearing from you all and I will talk to you soon. Thanks, friends. Bye-bye.